Welcome to Bible Curious, where we explore the entire Bible from cover to cover, asking ourselves, what is the Holy Bible? What claims does it make about God? And what message does it have for us today? Whether you are faithful or unfaithful, believing, unbelieving, or just plain curious, this series is for you. I'm Arthur Milligan, and today we will be reading Exodus chapters 1 through 3 from the World English Bible. You can find our reading plan at biblecurious.org plan. The second book of Moses, commonly called Exodus, chapter 1, Introduction. The book of Exodus is the second of five books in the Jewish Torah, also called the Pentateuch, a Greek term meaning five books. The first book was Genesis. Exodus was traditionally written by the prophet Moses, whom we will meet next chapter. The Hebrews call this book Shemot, meaning names, because it opens, Now these are the names of the sons of Israel. When we concluded Genesis, Abraham's grandson Jacob, whom God renamed Israel, had fled from famine in Canaan to settle with his twelve sons and their families in the fertile lands of Egypt. There, they lived under the protection of Pharaoh and Jacob's second youngest son, Joseph, who, after he had been sold into slavery by his jealous brothers, had ascended to become governor over all of Egypt. The name Israel means, he shall struggle with God. And we saw how unruly and scandalous this young clan had already become while living in the lands of Canaan. God foresaw the need to discipline the children of Israel long before that great patriarch was even born, when he addressed Israel's grandfather Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. He said to Abram, Know for sure that your offspring will live as foreigners in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them. They will afflict them four hundred years. I will also judge that nation whom they will serve. Afterward, they will come out with great wealth. In Genesis chapter 1, God commanded man, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. In Genesis 9, God reiterated this commandment to Noah and his sons, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Now, God's people have little choice but to obey these commandments. This chapter includes the Israelites multiply in Egypt, oppression by a new pharaoh. Pharaoh orders male children killed. Exodus chapter 1 Now these are the names of the sons of Israel who came into Egypt. Every man and his household came with Jacob. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All the souls who came out of Jacob's body were seventy souls, and Joseph was in Egypt already. Joseph died, as did all his brothers and all that generation. The children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty and the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who didn't know Joseph. He said to his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let's deal wisely with them, lest they multiply 
and it happened that when any war breaks out, they will also join themselves to our enemies and fight against us and escape out of the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. They built storage cities for Pharaoh, Pithom, and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread out, they started to dread the children of Israel. The Egyptians ruthlessly made the children of Israel serve, and they made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and in brick, and in all kinds of service in the field, all their service in which they ruthlessly made them serve. The king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shifra, and the name of the other Pua, and he said, When you perform the duty of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God, and didn't do what the king of Egypt commanded them, but they saved the baby boys alive. The king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and saved the boys alive? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women aren't like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty, because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, You shall cast every son who was born into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. This is one of many places in the Bible where heroic women intervene in history to promote God's agenda. Here, it is the Hebrew midwives, Shifra and Pua, who defy Pharaoh's edict to kill the Hebrew baby boys. It's interesting to note that Pharaoh wasn't worried strictly about Hebrew population because otherwise he would have ordered the death of the little girls. Rather, he was concerned about armed rebellion, which is why he concentrated on the boys. Did Pharaoh really believe the midwife's tale that the Hebrew women always gave birth before a midwife could arrive? The text doesn't say explicitly, but Pharaoh alters his edict so that it could be more easily followed by women who might have been squeamish about violence. Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, You shall cast every son who is born into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Ironically, this new edict leaves a little loophole, which an Israelite woman from the tribe of Levi will happily exploit in the next chapter. Exodus chapter 2 Introduction With Pharaoh's oppression of the Israelite slaves, the stage is now set for Yahweh to begin his amazing story of deliverance. God intervenes through the loving actions of three women. A Levite mother named Jochebed and her daughter Miriam, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, all conspire to rescue a baby boy who will be named Moses, in Hebrew, Moshe, which means drawn out, because Moses will be drawn out of the river Nile. Remember when Pharaoh commanded, you shall cast every son who is born into the river. This clever Hebrew woman figures out how to obey 
Pharaoh's harsh commandment while still sparing her baby's life. This chapter includes the birth of Moses. Pharaoh's daughter rescues Moses. Moses kills an Egyptian. Moses flees to Midian. God hears the Israelites cry. Exodus chapter 2 A man of the house of Levi went and took a daughter of Levi as his wife. The woman conceived and bore a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could no longer hide him, she took a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and with pitch. She put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. His sister stood far off to see what would be done to him. Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe at the river. Her maidens walked along by the riverside. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant to get it. She opened it and saw the child. And behold, the baby cried. She had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Should I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. The young woman went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. The woman took the child and nursed it. The child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses and said, Because I drew him out of the water. In those days, when Moses had grown up, he went out to his brothers and saw their burdens. He saw an Egyptian striking a Hebrew, one of his brothers. He looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. He went out the second day, and behold, two men of the Hebrews were fighting with each other. He said to him who did the wrong, Why do you strike your fellow? He said, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you plan to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Moses was afraid and said, Surely this thing is known. Now, when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and lived in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. They came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. The shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flocks. When they came to Reuel, their father, he said, How is it that you have returned so early today? They said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds, and moreover he drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, Where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him, that he may eat bread. Moses was content to dwell with the man. He gave Moses Zipporah his daughter. She bore a son, and he named him Gershom, for he said, I have lived as a foreigner in a foreign land. In the course of those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed because of the bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. 
God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the children of Israel, and God understood. The Hebrew word used for basket in Moses' nativity story is teba, literally ark. And it is no accident that Yahweh used the same word to describe Noah's ark in Genesis chapter 6. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and outside with pitch. As the Bible unfolds, we will see this repeated pattern of God intervening in history to rescue his people from the evils of the world. Moses' sister, Miriam, along with their mother, Jochebed, orchestrated a clever coup against Pharaoh's deadly edict. Not only did this floating ark allow them to cast the boy into the river without killing him, but as soon as Pharaoh's daughter discovered the crying Moses, Miriam sprung into action to ensure Moses' own mother was hired by Pharaoh's daughter to nurse the baby Moses. In the New Testament, Moses' story is retold by Stephen the martyr in Acts chapter 7. When he was abandoned, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and reared him as her own son. Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. He was mighty in his words and works. I believe it was during this period that Moses met Elihu, son of Barakel the Buzite, who told Moses the story of a man named Job, whom the writer of Job describes as the greatest of all the children of the East. Stephen goes on in Acts 7.23, but when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. Seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him who was oppressed, striking the Egyptian. Moses was shocked and dismayed when he later discovered another Hebrew slave witnessed this murder and reported it to the Egyptian authorities, causing Moses to have to flee for his life. Moses settled in the land of Midian, located in the western region of what is now Saudi Arabia, along the shores of the Gulf of Aqaba at the northern tip of the Red Sea. You may recall that Midian was one of the latter sons of Abraham, born after Sarah's death in Genesis chapter 25. Abraham took another wife, and her name was Keturah. She bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Moses' father-in-law, named Reuel, which means friend of God, was also a Midianite priest, which meant his family fell within the Abrahamic covenant. They practiced circumcision, and they worshipped the God of Abraham. Regarding the children of Israel, God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the children of Israel, and God understood. Exodus chapter 3, Introduction Moses, now in exile for forty years, will have an encounter with God himself, who will appear to Moses, not as a disembodied voice, but as the same angel of Yahweh 
who previously had appeared to Abraham as he was about to sacrifice Isaac, who appeared to Hagar and Ishmael as they fled from Sarah in the wilderness, and to Jacob, who physically wrestled with him. He is the same person who had walked with Noah and with Enoch, who shared a meal with Abraham outside his tent, and who walked in the cool breeze of the day before confronting Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Those who have eyes to see, let them see. Yahweh is a person. This chapter includes Moses at the burning bush. Exodus chapter 3 Now, Moses was keeping the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the wilderness and came to God's mountain, to Horeb. Yahweh's angel appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the middle of the bush. He looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I will go now and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When Yahweh saw that he came over to see, God called to him out of the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, he said, here I am. He said, don't come close. Take off your sandals, for the place you are standing on is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Yahweh said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Now behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. Moreover, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, Certainly, I will be with you. This will be a token to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel and tell them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What should I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, You shall tell the children of Israel this, I am has sent me to you. God said moreover to Moses, You shall tell the children of Israel this, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Go 
and gather the elders of Israel together and tell them, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob has appeared to me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, to a land flowing with milk and honey. They will listen to your voice. You shall come, you and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt, and you shall tell him, Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Now please let us go three days' journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to Yahweh our God. I know that the king of Egypt won't give you permission to go, no, not by a mighty hand. I will reach out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders which I will do among them, and after that he will let you go. I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it will happen that when you go, you shall not go empty-handed, but every woman shall ask of her neighbor and of her who visits her house jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and clothing. You shall put them on your sons and on your daughters. You shall plunder the Egyptians. When Moses asks God's name, God responds twice, first saying, I am who I am, Ahiyah Asher Ahiyah, then following up with Yahweh, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. So, which is it, Ahiyah or Yahweh? It actually turns out they are both the same name. In the first person, Ahiyah means I am, but in the third person, Yahweh means he is or he causes to be. This name, of course, is incredibly important to all of us because Whenever we begin any statement with the words, I am, we are actually invoking the personal name of the God of the Bible. Jesus will invoke this name with incredible potency when he says in the Gospel of John, I am the light of the world. I am the true vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. This might be difficult to wrap your head around, or it may be perfectly natural to you to see your own consciousness as a divine spark given to you by God, a shard of his very own life essence speaking from deep within you. The truth is, we are all slaves in this world. We are slaves to our animal nature. We are slaves to our circumstance. We are slaves to our sin. We are all trapped in our own Egypt, enslaved by our own Pharaoh. But we are also given the opportunity to become free by following the eternal I am living within our temporary corruptible, physical bodies. Are you willing to answer that call?
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, please liberate us from our sinful nature. I am trapped and I yearn to be free. I am lost and I yearn to be found. I have wandered away from your love and I yearn to be home at last. Save me from the evil one. Save me from myself. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Thank you for listening. If you've satisfied any of your Bible curiosity, please rate this series. If you have feedback, write a review. And if you are still curious for more, please subscribe so that we can send you timely updates. And join us for our next episode where we will be reading Exodus chapters 4 through 6, The Israelites Cry. Come on, Pharaoh. Let my people go. This is Arthur Milliken saying good night and God bless.